Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Stephen Langford in with you. Hope you are having a fantastic Thursday. We got a lot to get into today. Although it's more of going to be a fun show because... You know, well, you could talk about the Giants and the way that they platoon, and we could get into that today, but that game was incredibly frustrating yesterday as they fall to the Tigers during the day 3-2. to two. But I more so want to get into some basketball because there were a couple of things from the Warriors, uh, a couple of news and notes from the Warriors that we saw yesterday that I do want to talk a little bit about because... Not only is Steph Curry going to host 
the ESPYs. But we also got another piece of news, and it was a sadder piece of news. But JTA, Juan Toscano-Anderson, will not be with the Warriors next season. Unfortunately, he's unlikely to return. The Warriors didn't extend the qualifying offers that they were expected to, and now they are officially unrestricted free agents, and those, and they being Juan Toscano-Anderson and Chris Chioza. So, JTA most likely not going to be with the Warriors in the future here as they have guys like Patrick Baldwin Jr. who are expecting to play, you know, James Wiseman, along with Moody and Kaminga, who are going to be getting extended minutes. It's just, it's hard to fill up a roster when there's only 15 spots available and you essentially have 12 of them, 13 of them, already taken up. But I do want to talk about JTA for for just a little bit to open the show. Uh, Later on, going to bring back the Unrivaled segment. The Unrivaled segment meaning... The E60, Unrivaled, ESPN's other documentary series that they do besides 30 for 30s, the E60s. You know, they did the one on Alex Smith. They did the one on Drew Robinson, who was involved within the Giants organization. They do plenty of these types of documentaries, and they did one called Unrivaled on the Avs and the Red Wings. And later on in the show, I'm just curious to get your opinion on what you think should be An E60 unrivaled series from the Bay Area. Which Bay Area sports rivalry do you feel should be involved within that type of E60 style documentary? And plus, we'll have the doghouse coming up at 515. But before we get to JTA and Steph at the ESPYs, because I do have some guys that I want want him to take some shots at when he's hosting the ESPYs. And I I haven't watched the ESPYs in years, but I think I'm going to be way more inclined now that Steph is going to be doing it. But before we get to that, I just got to tell you. Yesterday, you know, the Giants had a day game. There weren't a ton of live sports to pay attention to. Obviously, you had some baseball going on. And, you know, I turned on the Marlins-Cardinals game in the eighth inning. And then I see Sandy Alcantara is still pitching, even though the Marlins are up 4-3. If you were the Giants, normally at this time, you'd be at your third reliever by that time. But Sandy Alcantara, the starter for the Marlins, was still going, and then he closed the game out, pitched 117 total pitches, only struck out three, never seen anything like that before, and then I was watching the Blue Jays-Red Sox series again because, well, it was a one-run game, or no, excuse me, it was a tie ball game, and it looked like the Blue Jays were about to score, and this was in another crucial moment where the Red Sox could have used their closer, who happens to be unvaccinated and was restricted from traveling to Canada due to baseball's guidelines. And I thought there was going to be another instance, because it happened the night previously, where the Blue Jays were going to score in the bottom of the ninth, but it didn't end up happening, and then the Red Sox uh, win that game. But I'm not going to lie to you, man. I spent a lot of yesterday, and this is what these movies do, but I watched Elvis two days ago, and it was unbelievable. I highly recommend you go see it. I already talked about it to start off the show yesterday. But I was just consumed by Elvis content all day. It's one of those things where you watch the movie and then you end up going down the YouTube rabbit hole trying to find like the performances, the scenes that they emulated. 
We always do that whenever there's a biopic that comes out. So I was just going down the Elvis rabbit hole. I'm not going to lie. I got all these Elvis songs stuck in my head. Been singing Hound Dog and Jailhouse Rock for the past day. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I've just been consuming Elvis content. That's really what's on my mind today. Could talk Elvis for the entire hour if you want to. But there's plenty of sports to get into. But in in the midst of all that, did get the news of JTA. So stop consuming the Elvis content for a little bit. And got the news that JTA is unlikely to be with the Warriors next season. And I want to play a couple of things for you. Uh, one being this highlight. This is from April 17th in 2021. And it just so happened that the... Warriors were playing the Celtics at the time, and I remember this game vividly because, well, it was a really close game. It was a really good game. The Warriors ended up losing, and they shouldn't. They didn't have any business competing with that team at the time, considering who they were going out there with in April of 2021. But this was just about a year after, eh, a year and a month after the NBA had suspended its season due to COVID. So this was a time when things are trying to get back to normal. You know, I'm I'm at a bar and I'm watching this game, but of course the bar is outside. Mad Oak in Oakland, shout out. And the QR code is being used and everything. I'm like, a QR code being used at a bar? How's this going to work? And then it ended up working perfectly, and they're still using this, uh, they're still using that system right now, which is fascinating. But Going back to April 17th of 2021, when the Warriors were playing the Celtics, this was one of the plays that stood out to me, and it involved Juan Toscano-Anderson. And whenever talking about this dude, I always go back to this play. Poole checks the clock, guarded by Tatum, dribbles into a three, tipped out by Draymond, saved by JTA. What hustle! He goes tumbling over the scorer's table. Curry gets it, takes a dribble. Three ball, good for Curry. The Warriors lead by two. JTA is still down. He's off the floor, and they need help. He's hurt. Yeah, the Warriors were down 105-104, to and then JTA sacrifices his body to dive over the scorer's table and get the ball to Steph, and Steph would knock down a three, give them a one-point lead. As I mentioned, the Warriors would eventually go on to lose that game, and JTA did not come back into the game. But this dude, I think that play just embodies who he is as a player. And I think just knowing that he grew up here within the Bay Area, grew up in Oakland, Went to Castro Valley High School. Me and him are actually the same age, so we were a part of the same year in high school. And I remember back in senior year, uh, back in 2011, when my friend said, hey, you got to go to Washington High School right now, Washington High School over in Fremont. You got to go to Washington High School. Shout out to uh, shout out to Dennis Eckersley Field, by the way. Dennis Eckersley went there. But we went to Washington. He's like, dude, you got to watch this dude Juan Anderson play. He was Juan Anderson at the time. You got to watch this dude. You got to watch Juan Anderson. He plays for Castro Valley. He's going to Marquette. He's already he's already been uh, signed there. Not signed, but you know what I mean. He's already been committed to Marquette. And he's also got two other players within the starting five there to go into D1 schools. I don't remember which schools they were going to, but he's like, this Juan Anderson dude, you got to go watch him. And it was a tournament. It was like a mini tournament at night, and Castro Valley was dominating. Like, Juan Anderson, at the time, he was Juan Anderson, so you'd call him J.A., I guess. But he was making parents mad in the stands. He was frustrating the hell out of them because their kids had no chance against this dude. No chance. 
And then you fast forward a few years later, you know, you watch him at Marquette every now and then, didn't get as much playing time uh, as he thought he would, and then, you know, you, you, you go off and you do your own thing, you pay attention to sports, blah, 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 and you wonder where he's at. And then all of a sudden, you learn that he's playing with the Santa Cruz Warriors, and then he gets called up to the Santa Cruz Warriors, and it's just an absolute dream for him to play for this team. So I just think watching that type of player where he's grown up in this area, was a fan of this team, and when he got his opportunity to play, he went all out. He went all out. Gave 100% effort. Never slacked. You know, I mean, you look at a guy like Kelly Oubre, for example. Like, that dude was making a ton of money with the Warriors, Yet you could tell he wasn't putting in his best effort, wasn't trying to move off ball, wasn't doing those different types of things that you do in a Steve Kerr slash Steph Curry type of system. But JTA was always getting back on defense, hustling. And I think that that play from April 17th of 2021, it it just showed the type of heart that he had. He would do anything. And this was a time when fans weren't in the stands. Going back and watching it, actually, it's crazy. Just looking at all the tarps and everything that are covering the seats. Ugh, just never want to go back to that time. Uh, but JTA, even without the crowd you know, going nuts, he wasn't doing it for the crowd. He was doing it for the team, for the game, because he knew it was crucial that he had that sort of play in him. You don't see that all that often. I know it may not sound like much, but how often do you really see dudes sacrificing their bodies to dive over the scorer's table when really not a lot is riding on the game? Now, granted, it was in April of 2021, but still, JTA, man, like that play alone. And we didn't pay attention to him enough, I think, at the parade because we were so hyper-focused on Steph and Clay and, and Draymond, but... And GP2 as well. But we also talked about JTA. And, you know, you saw that video at the parade of him going to the barrier, to the crowd, and picking up a young fan and picking him up over the barrier and then having him walk along the parade route with him and then high-fiving people and all that stuff. JTA was having so much fun. Didn't someone, I think it was Tamir in Oakland. I'm not sure if Tamir is awake right now. Nor Sometimes he is. Shout out to you, Tamir. But I think he said JTA like handed him a bottle of some champagne or something like that, <laughs> which is awesome. But we didn't play this sound, and this was JTA on with Festus Azili on the NBC broadcast, and like just listening to him talk and just how grateful he was to be a part of the parade. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Around in my profession, like what they gonna say to me, bro? Like I don't care what nobody says to me in life. If you're not doing better, if you don't have a ring, don't talk to me. Don't talk to don't me. Talk to- you don't have a ring, don't talk to me. And then he got, you know, kind of emotional at the back half of the interview on with Festus. Uh, people back in Mexico talk to me. Yeah, man. I mean, dreams do come true. You feel me? But with all that being said, I'm half black too, and black is beautiful. So you know it's. I know that's a big thing. I know people are putting the emphasis on that, but just as much as I am Mexican, I'm black as well, and I love being black, bro. So, you know, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than all that. It's, it's about dreams, bro. It don't matter what color you are. It don't matter what your heritage is. It don't matter where you come from. I've been homeless. 
college three times in my life. I done transferred school five times. I done lived in 12 different houses in my life like both. I'm not supposed to be here. So this is just a dream come true, bro. That's the message that I want to, you know, want to send to people. Like, just work hard, bro. It don't matter. Like, like you only got one life. Just dream come true, bro. Like, it's inexplicable. It's just so cool, man. So cool to have seen that story. Sad to see him go, but it, it's it's just tough. It's just tough within this basketball. I mean, making a basketball team is hard enough within the NBA, but doing it on a championship team when this championship team is, you know, trying to bring that new young blood into it and trying to develop all of these guys. I mean, you know, JTA, with all this talk, he is, after all, 29 years old. And, you know, what really is the future for this dude with the Warriors? It's it's hard to find. But, man, you can never question his heart. You could never question that. But, you know, I'm, I'm sad to see him go. Sad to see him go. By the way, speaking of... Other people who, other NBA players, excuse me, other people, other NBA players who are unrestricted free agents. This just, this news just went down yesterday, but Bradley Beal, like these numbers always baffle me, but he declined $36.4 million, his player option for the 2022-2023 season, and he is an unrestricted free agent free to go elsewhere. It's just, whenever I look at those numbers, I understand. You know, you want to get off the Wizards. The Wizards don't really have much of a future, don't really have much of a plan. Not sure where they're going, especially within the Eastern Conference. And you saw what happened with the Hawks. They just made that trade for DeJounte Murray. And you know what? I could actually give you the details of those next because we have those insane draft pick type of trades that just make no sense. And I just don't understand when it comes to trades. But Bradley Peel declining $36.4 million. I know he's going to get that amount elsewhere because Bradley Beal's a damn good player. But it's just, you know, from my perspective, I'm like, damn, I have a player option of 36.4 mil? Yeah, I'll take that option. I'll take 36.4 mil. I'll play for the Oklahoma City Thunder if it means I'm getting $36.4 million. <laughs> the, the options that these dudes have as NBA players, it always, it always gets me. But, hey, free agency is starting today, so a lot of moves are going to go down, and you know what? I mean, I am going to be on the morning show starting tomorrow and then going into next week, but Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharania, you bet they are going to have another Royal Rumble-style match in terms of who gets the most reports out there, because it's not the quality of the report, it's the quantity. But we focus on quality whenever it's the Royal Rumble between these reporters and free agency. So that's all starting up today. But Bradley Beal, $36.4 million. Yeah, just decline the option. <laughs> I'll take that option all day. All right, coming up next, we will get to the doghouse. And you know what? I will give you the details of this crazy trade within the NBA because this is also something with me that I just... I just don't understand uh, when it comes to all these trades. We'll get to the details next, plus the doghouse. 888-957-9570. Who from sports, your life, pop culture, whoever, who is in the doghouse for this week? 888-957-9570. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good 
Good morning, everybody. Stephen Lankford in with you. Now, I got a text here at the Xfinity mobile text line at 888-957-9570 from the, fi- from the 925. Is there even a question? The E60 would be about the 90s, Niners, and Cowboys. But 925, that's exactly what I'm trying to get at here. That's why I'm asking you. It might be obvious that it's the Niners and the Cowboys, and believe me, I got that right at the top of the list. But, you know, there are plenty of other sports within this town, or there are other teams within this town, and other sports there, too. So if you are, you know, a Sharks fan, or you're an A's fan, you're you know, a Giants fan, whoever, are there any... E60 unrivaled movies that you would like made about a Bay Area sports rivalry that you'd be interested in at AAA 957-9570. That's on the other side, though. That's on the other side. That's not even for this segment. That's not even for this segment. <laughs> From the 415, my dad is a huge Elvis fan, and my little brother was born on Elvis's birthday. Dad was pushing hard to name him Elvis, but my mom threw in the veto flag. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, I can't stop consuming Elvis content right now. Watch the movie. The movie was awesome. And then that kind of, when you watch a movie like that, and, you know, when you have a day game like the Giants had against the the Tigers, you just can't help but go down like a YouTube rabbit hole and just try and find the performances or try and find any interview, whatever it is. Because normally in those biopics, they use real-life interviews and try to make them into you know, a movie scene. So I was just going down the YouTube rabbit hole yesterday of Elvis. I'm caught in a trap of Elvis's YouTube rabbit hole. That sound weird. Uh, from the, uh, from the 510, it hurts to see JTA go. We should have let him go. Uh, we should have let go of Lee instead. And I don't know what's going to happen with, uh, with Damian Lee, but if you saw, you know, Steph at the parade along with D Lee on the, on their float, I don't think that D. Lee is going anywhere anytime soon. But you never know. You never know with this team. Damian Lee is an interesting one because I do think that there is some of the family aspect that does play a role into it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't think. I didn't even. You know. I didn't even really think so at first. I didn't really think much of it. I just thought people were trying to create talking points, but I'm starting to see it <laughs> more true and true now uh, with D. Lee and Steph. But. Speaking of the Tigers and the Giants, as I mentioned, they played in the day and they ended up losing 3-2 to the Tigers. This is how I want to start off the doghouse. Who is in your doghouse for this week? 888-957-9570. That's the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number. Doing this one early. Not going to be doing it tomorrow because tomorrow going to be in with the morning show, but... Who is in your doghouse at 888-957-9570? We all know about Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, the one that he had for Dante Pettis. And then eventually when Dante Pettis was gone, it was for Brandon Ayuk for a couple of weeks into the season. That was wild. <laughs> for six weeks of the year, we're all talking about Brandon Ayuk and the type of production that he's going to get and why Kyle Shanahan isn't playing him. But who is in your doghouse? Who are you frustrated with in sports, in life, pop culture, whatever it is? for this week. And of course, you could go with, you know, all the, just everything happening in the world. <laughs> like, everything happened in the world right now. Everything happening in this country. Feels like we're living in a simulation with everything that's going on. 
But I do want to keep mine sports related. You can text in whatever you'd want at 888-957-9570. But Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler yesterday made a move. And he's been doing this a lot this year. But Gabe Kapler, in the bottom of the sixth inning, when the Tigers are up 3-1, to one, they bring in the lefty, Andrew Chafin. Now, if you're an A's fan, you know who Andrew Chafin is. If you're a Cubs fan, you know who Andrew Chafin is. The dude with the curly hair and the crazy curly mustache. But Andrew Chafin came in yesterday, and to start out the inning, Jock Peterson, who already had a double in the game, Jock Peterson was pinch hit for. They brought in Austin Slater, a righty to go against a lefty. Brought him in in the sixth inning. Austin Slater struck out on three pitches. Then you go to the bottom of the seventh inning, the very next inning, as the Giants are going on a run, Tommy LaStella opens things up with a single. Wilmer Flores gets a walk. Lamont Wade Jr. gets a single. Then the bases are loaded. Mike Yastrzemski ends up grounding into what would eventually be a force out. Evan Longoria ends up walking. And you got the bases loaded. And then what do you know? Michael Fulmer comes in, and Michael Fulmer is a righty, and he's going up against who with two outs? But Austin Slater. And what does Austin Slater do? He ends up striking out. So Jock Peterson was pinch hit for your cleanup hitter in the bottom of the sixth, and then what do you know? The Giants go on a little run in the bottom of the seventh, and then you have a righty on righty, and there's nothing Gabe Kapler can do. He explained it after the game and was asked about pinch hitting Austin Slater for Jock Peterson. I have a lot of confidence in, in all of our players, Slater included. I think he's come up with some of the bigger hits we've had all season. So we pinch hit early to try to get an advantage earlier in the game with the understanding that it's possible that that spot comes back up. When it does come back up, we have a lot of confidence that the person that's in that spot can also do some damage and get a big hit. Slater has certainly proven that this year. has been good against righties and Yeah, that's fantastic. Great. But man, Jock Peterson is your all-star. He is your all-star. And he's batting cleanup in this game. And you decide to pinch hit him in the sixth inning? I understand it if, you know, it's the ninth and you got a lefty closer coming in or something. Let's just say they're playing the Brewers and Josh Hader's their closer. Even though he's not, Devin Williams is kind of making a comeback. But Josh Hader has been their closer. Let's just say he is. And he's a lefty and he's closing out the game. And Jock Peterson is 0 for 4 already. Doesn't look like he has it. That's when you pinch hit for that guy. When he's going over, but when the dude is one for two in the game, now granted he had a strikeout and a double, but it's the sixth inning and it's still a close enough game. Why would you pinch hit this dude? That and it, it, it ends in a strikeout by Austin Slater. I mean, I understand that Austin Slater is a good pinch hitter at home. That's where his strength is. That's where his platooning spot is. But to do it for the All Star, I just. I just don't get that. I, I, that's that's good enough 
Gabe Kapler's never been in the doghouse before, but Gabe Kapler, you're in the doghouse for that move. And I'm going to stick with a couple of more things baseball. But I saw this yesterday, and this was a video that surfaced from the Angels game, but it was of Mike Trout in center field. Mike Trout was looking visibly frustrated. Mike Trout, best player in baseball. You know, you'll, 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 it's pretty funny. You see him and Shohei Otani, it's like, oh, they both hit a home run. And then you see, wait a second, the White Sox are up 7-3. to three. That's just the Angels in a nutshell. Mike Trout and Shohei go off, yet the Angels can't win a game, at least off offensively. But Mike Trout was visibly frustrated because his pitcher was tipping pitches, had already given up a couple of earned runs, had already walked two, and it was clear that the White Sox hitters had figured him out. And Mike Trout was motioning from the outfield to the dugout, hey, our pitcher's doing this. He's tipping, but he's showing it with his glove, and he's showing exactly what the pitcher is doing to tip his pitches. Saying, you need to go out there and say something. But the Angels did nothing about it. The Angels did nothing about it. And I'm like, what the hell, man? How do you not do anything when Mike Trout is visibly telling you and understanding what is going on? Now, I don't know the White Sox have not been that good this year, but still, these dudes are professional hitters. They understand when a guy is tipping pitches. That's like the most acceptable way of not cheating, but I'd say bending the rules of the game. And it's not even bending the rules. It's just a pitcher showing what he's doing. And Mike Trout is in the outfield, visibly frustrated with this team. So, you know what? It's not Mike Trout. It's not even that pitcher. It's the Angels staff who are in my doghouse for having a visibly frustrated one of the greatest players of this generation. And you don't do anything about it. You don't do anything about it. From the 415, righty versus lefty, 100% chance of getting a hit based on the past. Yeah, 100% chance. Okay, didn't end up happening. And the Giants lose an embarrassing one to the Detroit Tigers. If you were going to tell me, like, hey, would they lose to this Tigers team in that sort of situation? No. No, they shouldn't have. So, I, th- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, we got Gabe Kapler in the doghouse. We got the Angels staff in the doghouse. And you know what? I got one more. Everyone involved with this Freddie Freeman thing, and I'm not even talking about the Dodgers or the Braves, but I'm talking about Freddie Freeman. I'm talking about his agents. I'm talking about the reports because... Freddie Freeman from the Dodgers, as you know, ended up going to the Dodgers from the Braves. He was a longtime Braves member. He was one of their only bright spots in an organization that was plummeting. They were terrible. They weren't doing anything within Major League Baseball. But they had this young, up-and-coming first baseman, Freddie Freeman, who's got the smile, who's got the swing, who hits it all over the place. Very good defensive first baseman. Actually, partially the reason um, to me, along with Anthony Rizzo, why Brandon Belt didn't win a gold glove at first base uh, during that time. Brandon Belt, excellent uh, first baseman, but you had Freddie Freeman and Anthony Rizzo at the time playing the position and just taking up all the gold gloves. But Freddie Freeman mutually parted ways with his agents. That's how it was reported. And then you find out that the agents, it was reported that they had told... Freddie Freeman, that the Braves offered him a million dollars less 
than the Dodgers. So he ends up going to the Dodgers because they're taking more more money. But apparently, that was all a lie, supposedly. And then, apparently, Doug Gottlieb, who is of Fox Sports, like, he reported something that their agent never told Freeman about the deal, and now they're filing a lawsuit against Doug Gottlieb, and this all on top of everything that Freddie Freeman was doing when he was in Atlanta, crying at the crying when he was getting uh, you know his ring or whatever, all the ceremonies and everything, the post-game stuff, Clayton Kershaw calling him out saying he hopes the Dodgers aren't second fiddle. So Freddie Freeman, the agents, Doug Gottlieb, everybody who's involved with this, you're all in the doghouse. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. From the uh, from the 510, the city of Seattle's in my doghouse. Went up there with the fam last week for a vacation. Cool city, cool vibe. Cool to see all the Kemp, Sean Kemp jerseys. Where are you going with this 510? The point of the doghouse is something that frustrated you. Oh, but man, the warrior hate and the Steph hate is real wherever you go. Wow. Really? Even in Seattle? The city that... Well, should have their own basketball team back, but lost it to OKC, that city, Seattle, the one that doesn't have a basketball team? Why would they hate on Steph? That don't make no sense. That don't make no sense, dog. From the 415, or excuse me, from the 925, Draymond's in my doghouse. He's about the new media, but he's getting closer to what he's complaining about than not. That's Ernie from Concord. Yeah, he's he's getting there. He's getting there. Like, I mean, look, he, he says that, uh, you know, when he's talking about defense within the NBA and, you know, I'm talking about people analyzing the game, he said, it's important to understand what you don't know. And I think it's important for Draymond to understand that he doesn't know everything that he thinks he knows about the media. It's hard doing this job day on a day-to-day basis, man. It's not a question of, you know, you doing a podcast once a week and being, being able to analyze a week's worth of games. The true test of when you're in the media is when you're doing things on a day-to-day basis. So what I, that's what I was taught long ago when I was doing the weekend shows once a week. You know, the night show once a week. You can do a show once a week, but really it's when you have days in a row of doing a show. That's when the content starts to get a little muffled. You know, that's when it starts to get challenging. So when he starts doing this thing on a day-to-day basis, I'd be very interested to see what he comes up with because there aren't always games to break down. Sometimes there is a lot of drama. From the 510, the Supreme Court of the United States is in my doghouse. Yeah, Supreme Court of the United States is permanently in the doghouse. Never going to get out of the doghouse. From the uh, 341, being 0-3 in my slow-pitch softball team, looking for a win anywhere now. Slow-pitch softball team is in the doghouse. All right, I got one more. We got Mitch in New Jersey. He's been waiting patiently on hold. Mitch in New Jersey has someone in the doghouse. Mitch, what you got? Boy, Steve, thanks for taking my call. I would say Cody Ballinger. I mean, he's really hitting himself to a, a platoon player at best. I'd rather have Jock, who we had in the first place. Could have $19 million for bad 175, and we couldn't hold on to Kobe's uh, Steven. Anyway, uh, that's my beef. Uh, he's just he's come up short big time the last three years. I appreciate the phone call, Mitch. Cody Bellinger in the doghouse. He had a home run yesterday, didn't he? I mean, I understand he's might have been, he might be underperforming for your liking, but still, a home run is a home run. I understand he's only batting 212, but he hit a home run last night. Poor timing on that doghouse, Mitch. Love you, Mitch. Clippers and Dodgers fan, yet from New Jersey. Interesting, Mitch. 
Very interesting. You are one of the wonders of the world, my friend. (laughs) Mitch in New Jersey. All right, coming up next, the greatest Bay Area rivalries. We are going to spin it in a way that I will explain on the other side. I went way over time here because E60 created a documentary on the rivalry between the Avalanche and the Red Wings. A historic rivalry. So I'm wondering from you, which is a Bay Area sports rivalry, depending on which team you're a fan of, which is the rivalry for you that you would want to be seen made into an E60-style film? We'll get to that next. 888-957-9570. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. You're right. Where were you? I think it was Bab who texted this in. Where was it? Yeah, it was Bab. Or no, it was Stephen from Hercules. My bad. You have to come back to your show with an Elvis song now. Yeah, blew that one. I'm telling you, I can't, I can't, I just can't stop consuming Elvis content. Can't stop, won't stop. Although, you know, you're going to have a little more sports at night. Obviously, Wednesday, a lot of day games going on, so not much to do with the, uh, with the night games so much. But again, I highly recommend it. If you can, go and see the movie, Elvis. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. The way that the actor, Austin Butler, had played the role. It felt like he was Elvis, you know, and, and compared to, you know, Rocket Man, you know, the one about Elton John, compared to Bohemian Rhapsody, not only were the characters not not only was the character great in Elvis, but the movie didn't leave you wanting more, which is what I felt when watching Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody. I watched it, loved the performances by the actors who played Elton John. I can't remember the one who played Elton John. The name's escaping me right now. Shout out to uh, the Kingsman, but also Remy Malek for playing Freddie Mercury. Loved the performances, but the movies really left me wanting more. Did not happen with Elvis. Elvis was fantastic. By the way, Tom Hanks. I was thinking about this yesterday. Tom Hanks playing his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. I think it might be the most hateable character that Tom Hanks has ever played in a movie. Maybe the most hateable character that he's ever played in a movie. All right. Speaking of movies, ones within sports, you know, I'm not going to ask you, like, which sports uh, team would you like to see a biopic made about? Because we got winning time, and I actually think you're going to see a lot more. TV shows made out of, you know, made from sports teams, based on sports teams. In the winning time, I mean, you think about it, it just goes through Magic Johnson's rookie year. (laughs) There's a lot more to that story of the L.A. Lakers. I wonder if they're going to do that um, with some other teams. I expect that they could. But there is a documentary, an E60 out right now, and it's called Unrivaled with the Avalanche and the Red Wings. Of course, a historic rivalry, a violent rivalry that they had, one that you'd want to hear from these players where it's just so intense. But I wondered, which 
Bay Area sports rivalry would you like to see made into one of these E60 style documentaries? At triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero, unrivaled, where these guys are unfiltered, they're sharing their true thoughts. Oh, we hated these guys. We didn't like them at all. Blah 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 blah. What would you like to see? Which Bay Area sports rivalry would you like to see made into an E sixty? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. But from the five one zero, before we get to that, we are getting some still from the doghouse from the nine two five. John Fisher is in the perpetual doghouse. Yeah, forever, forever. In doghouse limbo as of now. Because there's just, you know, caught in a trap. <laughs> you can't walk out. Can't walk out of the doghouse, baby. From the 510. Big Kurt from East Oakland. The Warriors are in my doghouse for not keeping JTA over Damian Lee. Come on, man. I don't know what's going to happen with D. Lee. But we started the show off with it. I believe they accepted his... Uh, I-, I believe... They accepted the option there. He is under contract for one more year. Damian Lee is. Uh, but JTA, they were supposed to extend the qualifying offer. They didn't. They didn't do that to Chris Chioza either. We'll wait to see if they extend it to Damian Lee because free agency does start today. But, yeah. I can I can see where you're coming from there. We opened the show with that JTA. It was so cool to see a dude live out his dream of playing for his hometown team the Warriors, and after the journey that he'd been on all the way from Castro Valley High, all the way to Marquette, all the way to Mexico, to Santa Cruz, and then to the Warriors, just JTA, his story, I just thought it was really cool to see him playing for this hometown team that he had dreamed of playing. Now, when it comes to the Bay Area rivalries, 888-957-9570, That's the Xfinity Mobile text line and the phone number. There is no... Let me just preface it with this. There is no one clear answer. You know what I mean? It's not objective here. This is a very subjective segment where whatever your opinion is, that's totally fine. I'm just curious what you think, which one you'd want to see made into a rivalry because we had one from earlier that said, look, is it any question? It's Niners-Cowboys from the 90s. Is there even a question? I mean, I think Niners-Cowboys would be fascinating because it wasn't just the 90s. Now, granted, with the 90s, I mean, that's when it was, you know, at its peak, right? But it really all started from the 70s. And you could go back and talk about the history of the 49ers and the Cowboys because, you know, you don't see it very often when two teams who are in, well, you know, they're in the same conference, but in totally separate divisions, you don't see them having rivalries like this one that date back. I know the 90s Niners and Cowboys games were legendary, but you go back from the 70s, from 1970 and 1971, when the Cowboys knocked them out of the NFC Championship and then the divisional rounds the following season... You wait 10 years later, and then you go to 1981, which is when the catch happened. But that rivalry with the Cowboys and the Niners, it was historic. And it goes back throughout that time where the Cowboys, they had the upper hand for quite a while. But then the shoe ended up being on the other foot, as as the saying goes. 
The 49ers ended up winning some of these games. And then we all know that NFC Championship where Dwight Clark had made the catch. But you could continue on with the 49ers. I think that one would be fascinating just because of how far back that goes. Normally division rivals, that's how far back those series go, those those rivalries. But not the one with the 49ers and the Cowboys. Not so much with them. They go back to the 70s. Now, there's also the rivalry versus the Seahawks. And I think the reason that this one would be fascinating was because of just how different that team was compared to the Niners. You know, you had Jim Harbaugh and, you know, Colin Kaepernick, and I'm choosing specifically from 2011 on, because really it starts with the coaches. Um, it starts with, you know, Jim Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. You know, and Pete Carroll has his guy, Russell Wilson. Jim Harbaugh has his guy, Colin Kaepernick. You know, the 49ers, they have their defense. The Seahawks, they have their defense. You know, they're very similar, but at the same time, very different teams as far as coach and quarterback go because those guys, after all, all the, are the leaders, even though, you know, the Legion of Boom was the Legion of Boom. But the 49ers had their defense, too. Going back all the way from 2011, I think that would make for a fascinating one just as much as any of these other ones because of how much... Jim Harbaugh and Pete Carroll, going back to their Stanford and UFC, USC days, did not like each other. And then you know you can, of course, fast forward to that 2013 NFC Championship game, and we all know about Michael Crabtree and Richard Sherman, and Richard Sherman going crazy with Aaron Andrews and scaring the living bleep out of Aaron Andrews when he was saying, don't ever talk about me! <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy, and it still goes on now, and, you know, this is one of the few here, because when you look at the three rivalries, the three main ones with the 49ers, you have the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and then the Packers. The Seahawks, it feels like, is the one, at least in the past in the past decade or so, not so much within the, the past couple of years, because the Seahawks have just been deteriorating year after year because they can't seem to find an offensive line, but... From 2011 leading up to 2019, it feels like the Seahawks have had the upper hand on the 49ers. But at the same time, it's gone back and forth, back and forth. And now the 49ers clearly have the upper hand on the Seahawks. It's going to be kind of sad this football season. You want to talk about something that is not going to be alive? The 49ers-Seahawks rivalry is not because the Seahawks are just not going to be the same team. I I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be... Drew Locke is their starter. Depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson, I believe his hearing is set for today. It continues today as it started on Tuesday. But if he is officially suspended for the year, the Browns are going to make some sort of moves. And I don't know if they're going to keep Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield said that they're going to mutually part ways. So it looks like there's a possibility he could go to the Seahawks. He could go to the Panthers. You could be seeing Drew Locke or Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback for the Seahawks. And I don't think either of those guys is going to put them over what the 49ers are going to bring this year. So you need both teams to be good in order for the rivalry to be enhanced. And that's exactly what it was back in 2011, starting in 2011, and then going all the way up until... 2014, 2015 is when it was really strong. But you also got the rivalry versus the Packers, too, that you could see. And this is another one similar to the Cowboys in that the Packers had the upper hand, but then the 49ers had the last laugh. 
You know, whether you go for the first three meetings in the playoffs where Brett Favre ended up winning these games over Steve Young, but then, of course, you have the catch two by Terrell Owens that really closes things out and gives the 49ers that last laugh. You had the coaching rivalries between Mike Holmgren and George Seifert. Of course, Holmgren was on Bill Walsh's staff along with George Seifert, and then Holmgren goes on to be the head coach of the Packers. And then later on, when Steve Mariucci takes over, Steve Mariucci, a part of the Packers organization. So really, kind of like the Seahawks, similar with the coaches and the quarterbacks, their rivalry was strong because of that. But then similar to the Cowboys because the 49ers just couldn't get the upper hand on them to start. And then they ended up having the last laugh. I think th- either three of those would be fascinating in terms of an E60. But I'd love to hear from you at 888 E60 did a documentary on the Avalanche versus the Red Wings. It's called Unrivaled. And I'd love to know from you what you would love to see as a Bay Area sports fan. Which... Bay Area sports rivalry, would you like to see made into an E60? And I only got two with the Raiders, if you're a Raider fan, but the Raiders versus the Steelers, specifically from 72 to 78, it started with the Immaculate Reception, which sparked the rivalry in 72, and then these were some of the most violent games of all time. But there are only a couple of things that are wrong. One, I'd love to hear from as many players as possible. And some of the key pieces on those teams just aren't here anymore, which is incredibly sad. But the Raiders and Steelers and those rivalries back in the 70s, and then even leading up to the 80s as well, they were unreal. Some Stuff that you know Raider fans just look back on, and that's what made the Raiders into the Raiders. It's what gave them that reputation, were those types of rivalries back in the 70s were those games but i don't know about all the drama the coaching drama and everything with the steelers now if you want to talk about drama with the raiders and you know their rivalries you could go back to the raiders and the chiefs but they don't even they don't really have much of a a playoff history at least with the broncos not only do you have a little playoff history there but you also got the beef between mike shanahan and al davis Of course, Mike Janahan was a head coach for the Raiders for less than a season, only for a few games. They did not like each other. And then Shanahan would go on to be the Broncos head coach. And prior to Shanahan, the Raiders had won 13 of the last 15 games against the Broncos, so the Broncos really had no chance. And then when Mike Shanahan came along, we all know what happened with John Elway and the Super Bowl winning team. But they ended up going 21-7 and against the Raiders going forward. I just think that whole rivalry between those two teams, between the coaches, between Al Davis, Mike Shanahan, everything, I think that would make a fascinating E60 documentary. From the 415, Giants versus Dodgers. Yeah, I wonder about Giants versus Dodgers, though, because, you know, there's a lot to go into with the Giants and Dodgers. There's a lot of history going all the way back to New York. You know, going back to Juan Marichal and Sandy Koufax when those guys were the star pitchers. And it feels like each decade had its moments for both teams. And they'd go at each other during the regular season. But I feel like in order to really get the rivalry going, you got to play each other in the playoffs. And we did not see that till last year. So I feel like... The Giants and Dodgers documentary, I think it's still I think it's still waiting to be made. I think you need that element of 
postseason, going against each other in the postseason, going back and forth, because that's what really these rivalries are all about, is when you meet each other in the postseason after going head-to-head during the regular season. From the 925, Raiders and 49ers, that'd be an interesting one. Yeah, from the 510, as a younger fan, the Jim Harbaugh era, 49ers versus Seahawks, that'd be one. And I'm going to focus so much on football, focus a little bit on baseball. And from the 925, this is one, the Warriors and the Cavs. I think that one would be great. Because there's still that one mysterious thing that David West said. Do you ever, Do you guys remember this? When they're in the locker room and they're celebrating after the championship, I believe it was 20... I, think, I believe it was... 2017 or was it 2018 it was one of the two championships when Kevin Durant was here but David West said in the locker room that they'd been way, been through way much uh, been through much more during the reg, during the season than people know and then everyone started speculating what happened during the season no one truly knows so I think if there's like a mystery within that Warriors and Cavs rivalry that would be the one you know, the story about Kevin Durant and everything, and then LeBron with his moves to the Cavs and how, you know, he was really the one to start the super team trend, not the Warriors and Kevin Durant. I think that would be a great one. But another one that, you know, not a lot of people in the Bay Area are going to be going to be talking about, but the Sharks and the Kings. Now, I know the Sharks have not had, you know, much to do with the Stanley Cup final. Not exactly winning one. Still waiting for the Sharks to win one, by the way. Can't wait till that happens. I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. But the Sharks and the LA Kings between 2011 and 2016, like when your sport is inherently violent, like I think it makes it that much stronger. And those two teams, whenever they played each other, did not like each other. There's not a lot with the coaches and not a lot with the players in terms of history. But just knowing that they were within the same state, within the same division, they did not like each other. Now, they'd played each other since 1992, didn't play each other till the, in the playoffs till 2011, and each of the series were just as riveting as the next. Sharks come out on top in the first series, then the Kings won the next two, which included a comeback down from 3-0. That one is the worst. That's really where Sharks fans hate the LA Kings. It was after it was really after that series where they came back from a three-game to nothing deficit, which rarely happens. And the last time they met in the playoffs was 2016, and we know what happened in 2016, and they haven't met since. But that little rivalry between the Sharks and the Kings, much like the Avs and the Red Wings, although the Avs and Red Wings was far more violent than this one. I wouldn't mind seeing that one made into an E60-style documentary. From the 707, the Warriors versus the Rockets. That could be one. From the 925, the Immaculate Deception. (laughs) Yeah, I'm assuming you're a Raider fan. I don't know. There's a lot within Bay Area sports. It feels like there's so much to choose from. And I'm sure other, other areas, you know... Their sports teams, I'm sure there's you know maybe one or two that they could focus on, but out here in the Bay Area, I just listed off like seven or eight at least. And that's not even to mention the Giants and the A's and what they had going on, all leading up to the 1989 World Series. 
Like, there's so much to go around. I think you could do one with a rivalry within the Bay Area. E60, get on it. But you know what? That's going to do it for me. Bonte Hill, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, they're coming up next. You got me and producer Ryan Mauser, who is in studio today. Sam Loveman getting a much-deserved day off. Couple of days off, actually. But Ryan Mauser is along with me behind the glass. Bonte and Joe coming up next. It's the Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.